Algar Productions. This show, as well as all the other shows put out by Algar Productions, now has a Patreon. For a modest pledge, you can get access to our show notes, see extra pictures from our cover photo shoots, and even get access to episodes of our show that haven't been released publicly yet. Seriously, for every one episode we released, we're putting two in the can. This ends up being a lot of bonus material. We've even set up a higher donation tier that allows you to choose a Terry Pratchett-related thing for us to review beyond the scope of the Discworld books. Go to patreon.com Algar, that's A-A-L-G-A-R, for more details. Thanks in advance for your support. Welcome to the Death of Podcasts. I'm Al, and this is Amanda. Hello. And we're making our way through Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, one book at a time. This month, we're discussing book five, Sorcery. Amanda, why don't you tell the people what happened in Sorcery? Woof. Sorcery was not good. Yeah, we'll get there, but you got to tell them what happened first. That's that's the format of the show. We've done four of these now. Can I just say how much I didn't like it? Is that is that a summary? That's no, that's that's the discussion part of the show. Oh, I pulled up the wrong summary. Ah. I pulled up the summary for the last one. That sounds like an interesting book. Yeah, I'd like to read the, that. Yeah, oh, let's, let's read that book. No, we already did. Coin is the eighth son of an eighth son, who is also a wizard, making Coin an incredibly powerful sorcerer. His type of magic threatens to start another wizard war, ending the world again. Rincewind and some other guys try and stop it. That's pretty much it. You could have saved about uh, 9,980 words with, with that summary right there. Um, You could have also just said, read the light fantastic or read equal rights. Yeah, the light fantastic and equal rights got stuck in a transporter accident mm-hmm. and this is the result. Yep. Only like bits that were cut out of both of them for not being good enough. Yep. We did not like this book. Oh boy, I did not like this book. As- I didn't remember anything about this book and it turns out the reason for that is there's nothing to remember and the thing is i will say up front i don't think it was a bad book i think it was a boring book and a forgettable book but it wasn't written badly it was just it wasn't it still had terry pratchett's flair for you know interesting prose there's some good phrases in there yeah but terry pratchett is one of the least lazy writers that i read yeah this book was lazy it was and so early in the series that's Mm -hmm. kind of unforgivable if it's like book 30 and he phones one in well whatever especially later on Mm -hmm. when he's got a degenerative brain disorder Mm -hmm. it's like well that's sad but that's gonna happen but this is there's no excuse for this and i don't know that any of the other books that i don't care for are lazy no this really does feel like uh, deleted scenes from a couple of previous books. yeah that's my bad thing my bad thing is that this feels like a grab bag in the worst way possible mm-hmm. it feels like all of the leftover bits and bobs he had just sort of like in notebooks or whatever kind of haphazardly flung into a pile and like there you go this is is this a book probably yeah but again it's only book five it's like if he did that 20 books in it'd be like there might be some interesting stuff Uh here but but there wasn't the all the jokes and the observations were less good retreads like we talked about how terry pratchett normally will come back to an idea again later on and and refine it. it yeah this was the opposite of that he just like told the same joke except it wasn't funny this time and made the same observations only they were less like um uh less good they were less insightful yeah there again there were some decent turns of phrase i would say a couple but as far as as far as turns of phrase go even this was not yeah, but not I, his strong not a strong work i but i like his writing and I liked his writing here, and there was some, you know, there were some good bits, but certainly not enough to make a book. Maybe 
Like there's some uh, short stories out there. Yeah. Maybe you could trim 90% of this and make a decent short story out of it. There were a couple of things I liked. Um, there's a character, uh, Spelter, mm-hmm. who is one of the many, many wizards, but he's one of the ones who gets sort of a character, who thinks he wants to be an all-powerful sorcerer, and he thinks he wants magic to be easy and huge and massive. Mm-hmm. And then he gets his wish, and he's like, oh, I kind of miss when magic was reading books and mm-hmm. having big dinners and not doing magic. Yeah. Uh I, I actually kinda liked him as as a character. He's um a fifth level wizard, which uh this was one of the good turns of phrases. Yeah, there was a there was a whole chunk about because there's eight levels because eight is everything yeah. in the Discworld. And um he, they he talks about uh the, the the bottom level wizards not having anything to worry about mm-hmm. because there's nothing to worry about. And the eighth level wizards not having anything to worry about because they're at the top. Mm-hmm. But anywhere in the middle, like a fifth level wizard is constantly watching the fourth level wizards trying to take his spot. And the sixth levels who who think he's getting too smug and want mm-hmm. to take him down. It's just a constant nonstop like paranoia. And that was a very interesting take on the whole power structure thing i liked that and he was the i would say the only new character in this that was even kind of a little bit interesting like rincewind had a couple of okay moments but we know rincewind and i feel like i liked what we learned about rincewind more in the previous Mm -hmm. in his previous appearance than i do in this nothing new was added to the character that made him more interesting to me whereas the librarian is more the librarian i liked i liked him there's a pretty good sequence where Coin orders the wizards to um, set fire to all the books because they don't need books anymore because sorcery is just straight on power. Right. Um, and the librarian uh, fights off. He does mm-hmm. guerrilla warfare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, uh, there's some real bad puns <laughs> coming up about that. Um, And he fights off some guys who are trying to uh, set the library on fire. And that wasn't a bad sequence. No, the librarian feels fully formed now Mm -hmm. whereas before it was just like oh it's a librarian but he's also an orangutan no he's he's definitely the character Mm -hmm. that i like in subsequent books that that's not enough to recommend this at all no and there was some nice bits between him and rincewind where he uh he makes rincewind realize that he isn't gonna run away from this because he wants to be a wizard so badly yeah and there's some okay stuff about rincewind knowing that that's what he is even Mm -hmm. though he's terrible at it and that's his like nature he's Mm -hmm. got a hat now this is the first appearance of Rincewind's, I would say, famous hat, like mm-hmm. because it appears in all of his other appearances. Mm-hmm. People usually draw him with it, and most of the official art has it. It's got wizard spelled wrong with two Zs, mm-hmm. and I, I guess that's funny. Whatever. But, you know, it's an interesting little thing. Like, he's he, he knows he's terrible, but he wears a hat that says wizard, and he refuses to give up being a wizard even though he can't do anything. He's the assistant librarian mm-hmm. now. And there's a another character, uh, Konina, who mm-hmm. is also nothing. Um, she yes, it can happen with men and women. Hashtag feminism. Ugh, nothing. And uh, she says to him, "Well, you're not very good at magic. Why don't you just take off your hat and you'll be in disguise?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Dude, take off my what? What be- off my hat?" What yeah. off my what what? Yeah, he and, doesn't understand. And he just concept. doesn't understand because he's so much a wizard, even though he's very, very bad at it. Yeah, and actually your good thing ties into a specific 
thing where he's trying to do a wizardy thing. Yeah, so he is a wizard ass wizard, even though he's bad at it. And something that uh, Terry Pratchett sets up in this is that what wizards do, left to their own devices, is they build a tower. Mm-hmm. And in the wizard tower, there's a bunch of wizards, and they fight other wizard towers until there's only like one wizard left. I'm like sure that's from a whole bunch of old things. Yeah, stuff. like that's the that they're always fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Um and Rincewind gets knocked out and he's sort of sleepwalking and he tries to build his own tower on mm-hmm. a beach only Rincewind's tower is like two rocks stacked on top of each other that keep falling over. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. I thought that was it was sort of a sad, sweet scene. No, and Rincewind is is kind of a fuck up, and uh, Terry Bradshaw finds new and interesting ways to express mm-hmm. that. But in here, there aren't many. Not much. Uh, he does. Yeah, there's no new huge insights into the character. No, and it feels like this is the version that we kind of rolled our eyes at mm-hmm. and like, oh, Rincewind books, good. Whereas earlier on, he actually felt a little mm-hmm. more interesting because of the whole stuff with the spell in his head. But that's gone. And he does a thing in this that he's done in other books that I still like where if Rincewind is running away for some, from something, it's because there's something to run away from. Oh, like yeah. he notices that something big's going to happen at the, uh, at the university. Yeah. He's all your the, magical canary in the coal mine. Yeah. The, the, the rats are running away and the cockroaches are running away. So Rincewind runs away. Right. And if the wizards had any sense, they would realize, Ooh, time to run away. Yeah. Um, we get the introduction, sort of, this is the best I could scrape up for uh, mm-hmm. for a good thing, the introduction of one of my, probably my favorite supporting character mm-hmm. throughout the entire series. Oh, it's hard to pick. The the patrician. He's very of good. Pork, Vetinari, uh, who barely makes an appearance in this. They turn him into a lizard on like page three, mm-hmm. and he's not even in it. But we get a hint, and... It's a cop out to mm-hmm. say I like this character later, so therefore he's my good thing now. This but is the first time he's. This is the first time he's name checked. First time he's yeah. named, and there's some debate in the fandom. And also Terry Pratchett mm-hmm. said, "I, I'm not going to commit to this because mm-hmm. I don't know. Like the patrician we met before could have been a different one. It could have been him. They, they um, there's a point in one of the previous or one of the uh, the books after this where we meet some of the old yeah. patricians yeah and it could be one um and it could be but it but now for sure yeah it's havelock veterinary and he will be amazing he'll never have an entire book focused on just him but he'll be like the the second the the top second tier character in a number of different series as well as just and books. there's a few of them that focus on him pretty heavily like yeah not but the, he's not never the main guy. guy but he's he's way up there he honestly i think that's for the best he's such oh, yeah. a he's such a no he shouldn't be the main big guy good character yeah. it would be hard to write a story about him because his whole thing is he always wins yeah so and he's, he's a chess master mm-hmm. and usually we see the main person he's he's manipulating mm-hmm. for that particular thing and we don't get a lot of that like i say it's a bit of a cop-out to call that my good thing because the good thing was hearing a name of a character i know i'm gonna like later <laughs> but there was nothing that's of pretty him. weak yeah but i and i hate like Harry Pratchett, still my favorite author. This is I love this book series so much, but there's so little to find to, to actually celebrate in this that I don't know yeah, to tell you. This we'll have to see because there's a couple of real stinkers in the series. Um, but 
at this point, this is by far the worst book we've read. Oh, and yeah. It, I mean, we're it, only five yeah. in. And it might end up being one of, I would say, like one of the bottom three. Like this might be yeah. one of the worst books of the series. Out of at least 40. So it's not like, you know, three out of 10 or something. Yeah. Like there's a lot of books still to come. And to be clear, it's still readable. I did yeah. not enjoy this experience. Like if I had been reading this for pleasure, I would have stopped. Mm. I wouldn't have finished it. I don't have a huge nerd completionist streak in me, mm -hmm. but I have a bit of one. And if I made it to book five in a series that I knew got really good mm -hmm. and that was the first bump, I'd probably push through knowing that better things were on the way. I skipped around a lot when I first started reading the series and mm -hmm. I came, I eventually got down to the dregs and oh, I was desperate. Yeah. And then I read this, uh, but I, like I say, I... Everything I thought I remembered about this was from Light Fantastic or from Equal Rights. Well, there's the first third, like the first act of this book mm -hmm. is basically Equal Rights gender swapped. Yep. It's basically someone with a mystical destiny comes to the university and they don't want to hear from them because they're a child who doesn't belong there. And then it goes off on a different path. But yeah, the except first... this child, instead of getting shamed like Esk did, shows how powerful... Well, he he's, he's like a shitty entitled Kylo Ren. Yeah. Only not as interesting. And I didn't like... Kylo Ren is a character I love to hate. Mm -hmm. Kylo Ren sucks. He fucking sucks. Yeah, but his, the point of him is to suck and to be trying to recapture the glory mm -hmm. of the past and to... To, to be that entitled, like, mm -hmm. but it's mine because it's mine. Because it should be mine because it's my right. Oh, yeah. God, I That's love to good... hate Kylo Ren yeah. so much. But this kid was just... Nothing. Yeah. And real late in the book, mm -hmm. we discover, we we already suspected, yeah. but we discover that the magic staff that the, the spirit of his father put himself in yeah. is basically controlling the kid and making him do all this stuff out of revenge because they made him quit wizarding because he had a kid he had he had eight kids so obviously he was screwing around yeah and that's you're not forbidden. allowed and yeah. actually if i had to pick a real good yep. thing there was some good expanding on why wizards can't have sex in this we've we've talked about it before but there's a lot more of it here and i actually like some of that stuff i liked in the um i kind of liked in the other books where wizards couldn't have sex because it kind of made like you can have sex or you can have magic you can't have both yeah. Um, which was actually, I kind I kind of dug that. Like it's, I that's not I, bad, but it also, it's, it's, it's sort of dangerously teeters on Dave Sim territory. Yes, your precious manly essences. Yeah. But on the other hand, th there's some funny stuff about like kind of the reason the rule is there mm -hmm. is so you don't have a sorcerer. If you're not having sex, you're not having children and this won't happen. And sorcerers um, are just too powerful. Yeah. Like the idea is that back in the day you could have sorcerers in the world because the world was shiny and new and elastic and it could handle the strain. Yeah. But the world is old and worn out now and sorcerers just tear yeah. up the place. Yeah. No. And, and we have civilization now mm -hmm. you can't go around like tearing apart the the raw fundamental forces of the universe you should sit in a building and read a book instead mm -hmm. they talk about eighth level wizards mostly what they get up to is not doing magic yeah like that's their whole thing is they, which, they don't do a lot of which it. was the climax of equal rights mm -hmm. knowing when not to use magic yep that's not nothing bad... nothing new also the events of Equal Rights felt like there was some world-changing stuff mm -hmm. happening there, and already we've just completely forgotten about it. Like, I know it doesn't come up again, but already, two books later, the first time we come back to the university, it's like, uh, there's no women here, and there never have been. And there never will be. Like, wait, what? what? 
First, they admitted Ask. Second, they invited Granny and talked about inviting further women speakers. What? What? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? It was it was a weird, especially in a book that had so little. It's yeah. weird that and there was we clearly, didn't expand on that. And there was clearly continuity yeah. because Rincewind. Yeah. Rincewind now owns the luggage and is the librarian's assistant. Like things followed on from previous books, so it's not like he wanted to start from scratch. No, He's following on from threads from other. There books. wasn't. It wasn't a reset. This no. was. And you get that from time to time in series yeah. where it's like, oh, I'm going to be writing a lot of these. I better fix some stuff before I get settled mm-hmm. in. And that's fine. I would accept that. But that's not Even what's a couple of here. throwaway lines saying we we admitted one girl, but she ran off or something. Yeah. Like just something. Or she's off in her tower doing special studies yeah. that has nothing to do with anything else or yep. whatever. I think at the end of the book, her and um, Simon decided to run off together and do their own magic, which is fine. But again, you it, could still acknowledge it, that they existed. Yeah, it was it was a weird choice. But anyway, so at the end of the book, um, uh, yeah, Rincewind Co- pulls Rincewind, the, yeah, the, the can... staff away from Coin, and it's like, oh no, my horrible father's been making me do this, and you said you didn't feel like that was earned yeah, at all. Yeah, it wasn't earned at all. Like We knew it was happening, because it was pretty clear at the beginning of the book that that's what was what was going down. Like mm-hmm. He put himself into the staff, just like what happened in uh, Equal Rights, except yeah. he put himself into a tree there. Yeah. Um, and then the kid uh, there's there's one sequence where we hear that the kid is crying in bed like uh, with yeah but there's not the thing is and we'll see this structure in other books Mm -hmm. too coin the the antagonist shows up causes some chaos and then we follow the heroes until we circle back yeah and the heroes just like leave yeah they just go and have another adventure this is a formula he likes and it works a lot better in other books but here it's like we get all this buildup with coin and then he just goes away for the middle half of the book and then he comes back at the end. And then I'm supposed to like, I, I don't care that much about the character yeah. and I don't care that much that it's all the dad's thing and I don't feel like we like we were fed some of the information but we weren't fed the emotions. Like I don't, yeah, and it's I don't not care. Like, it's not like he's not capable of building that. No. Even at this point, like we've read some pretty emotional mm-hmm. stuff in the last couple of books. Yeah. Some in Mort, a lot in Equal Rights. Like, he's capable of it. It's just not there. Yeah, it's not in this at all. Yeah, it's weird. And the middle of the book, where Rincewind is off with uh, Kanina and Nigel the Barbarian, woof. Yeah, that's that's my bad thing. Yeah, and they we'll meet up with uh, they meet up with uh, the Seraph of Al Khali, uh, who's called Creosote, which is a joke. Yeah, joke richer name. than richer than Creases. There is richer than Creosote. Okay, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, and he makes this joke again a couple. Like this is he comes back. Well, to no, this now joke. it's a reference. Yeah. Now it's richer than Creosote. It's just an expression, yeah. which is fine because now we know who that is. Yeah. But there's a lot of um, he's a poetic like mm-hmm. one of those warrior poet leaders, mm-hmm. and he's writing poetry about everybody all the time mm-hmm. and there's a lot of Kubla Khan which I did not get at all I did get the Kubla Khan stuff and there was a couple of Kubla Khan jokes that were okay like he they talk about how long it took to make I think it was the rills or something of the pathways just mm-hmm. perfectly really and that was that was kind of funny like a little bit but... well and some of his flowery mm-hmm. um compliments to Kanina are mm-hmm. apparently from the Bible. Yeah, from which the are like sexy, what? the sexy part of the Bible, the yeah. Song of Solomon, which is all about boning down. But it's like your hair is like a herd of goats. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a terrible turn of phrase. Oh, it's from the Bible. 
Okay. It's a pretty good joke from yeah, the Bible. Because it it's like, how dare you? Oh, okay, oh, never mind. Yeah. I guess that's holy for some reason. <laughs> I told you, it's from the horny part of the Bible. I, I know, I know. <laughs> a lot of the Bible is the horny part of the Bible. Oh, this is, is the, the horniest part of the Bible. A lot of talk about heaving bosoms. Mm. There's a lot of talk about heaving bosoms from him as yeah. well. It's just like... But this group of characters is not is nothing. They are so nothing. Like Kanina is uh, Cohen the Barbarian's daughter, one of his yeah. many many daughters, and her sort of central um, thing is that she wants to be a hairdresser, but she feels the need to do barbarian stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then Nigel. Well, that's my bad yeah. thing. Is th it's the same joke as before. It's barbarian, but but it's an everyday sort of mundane guy instead. Instead of an old guy, mm -hmm. it's a a loser who's trying to learn it by books. And the thing is, that's a that's a classic comedy yeah. character. It is like I've I've written those myself. But Nigel isn't funny, and no. he's kind of a piece of shit. I don't like him well, very he's, much. Yeah, he's definitely sort of a malady. Like yeah, I'd... stepping in to save the woman, and the, and the joke is. He she's way more capable of saving herself than he is, and he needs to shut up. But it doesn't really come through that it way. It really doesn't. And the there's, there's a, a there's a joke or two where it's like that. Yeah, but, but mostly at, at the end of the book, she talks, and I'll I'll show I'll show, I will show the the readers. Mm -hmm. I won't do that. I will tell the readers. Why listeners. don't you read this passage? <laughs> um, uh, she said and added, you know, I thought maybe. You know, if we could just get to know each other, uh, one another better. Mr. and Mrs. Harebutt, was that what you had in mind? He said bluntly. Her eyes widened. Well, she began. Which one did you intend to be? He said. And that's the, the end of their relationship, is him saying, you're too, like, you're too competent. Yeah, who would be the man in yeah. this relationship? Ugh. You're too competent. I am not into it. Yeah. And he spends the whole, like, middle of the book like thinking how pretty she is and all this, but as as soon as she, it becomes clear that she's better at barbarianing than him because she's been doing it for a long time, mm -hmm. he is out. Yeah, and again, there's some humor to be had there mm -hmm. if you do it right, but it wasn't done right, and we know he's capable yeah. of doing that. That's the frustrating thing. It's like, okay, maybe you overextended. Maybe mm -hmm. you tried, you know, you're experimenting now. You've done enough books where they're successful, mm -hmm. and you know you're going to be doing it a while, so you tried something new, but... There's nothing attempted here that I know he's not capable of doing better. It's not like crazy experiments with types of characters he's not good at. It's just and he there's didn't... nothing new. It's not like no, he, it's not I mean. like this was overreaching. No, this and there's was... some stuff in a couple of books yeah. where it's like, well, this is real weird and doesn't work, mm -hmm. but you tried something new, mm -hmm. and this is nothing new. This is another barbarian story uh, parody with a lot of like Arabian Nights stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not entirely problematic from what I can tell. I'm not qualified to say, yeah, but there's either. definitely some Middle Eastern mythology stuff in there that's probably not the best. It felt a little uncomfortable reading it, so well, I don't know. But it was also uh, bad writing, so I'm not was, sure what I was uncomfortable with. But also the audiobook, like Nigel Planer, who is still very good, mm -hmm. uh, does an assortment of accents, which probably lent themselves to that. Mm -hmm. When you hear a white dude doing a Middle Eastern accent, you're like, uh-oh. But Please I don't I, do that. Nothing in the content seemed problematic to me. But again, I can't make that call because I'm not in that group. I, you know, I can say to me it seemed okay. But if anyone, you know, remotely close to, to that region said, uh, this is bad, I would say, yep, you're the boss. Pro probably is, though. Huh? Yeah, that's that's not my call to make. Um, it just wasn't interesting. 
was the thing. Yeah, also, it wasn't funny, and it wasn't interesting, and it didn't add anything. Yeah. There were a lot of puns that were... Like, we talked about... You said, I don't know if we can pick a pun for this book, because I haven't seen any. There's so many stealth puns. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was going over them with you yesterday, and there's one I forgot to point out to you. You yeah. know the rest of these. Um, there's a point where... Rincewind is being threatened and they're going to be taken to a harem. Mm -hmm. And they said, you have a unique opportunity, but I'm pretty sure it was a eunuch opportunity. A eunuch opportunity, yeah. Yeah, which, uh, okay. But there were a few things like that. There was like, we get to the part of his treasure cave mm -hmm. where the, the, the magic lamp is. And he's like, my father hid this. Ingenious, right? And it's like, if you don't know you're looking for it, it's just him saying ingenious. Yeah. But I knew the genie's lamp was there. So I was like, ugh. Also, the genie? Terrible. Not good. Oh, it's all jokes about call waiting and being on hold. It's 80s business speak. Let's yeah. do lunch, talk to my mm -hmm. people, leave a wish after the tone. Mm -hmm. It's like every single hack comic was making these mm -hmm. jokes in 1988, but ugh, has not aged well. It hasn't aged well, and I don't know how funny it would have been at the time. But It's like, was no, this ever not played out? I mean, I was... In my early teens at the time, and yeah. I remember stand-ups doing these jokes and me rolling my eyes yeah. then, and I had no taste then. Um, but, I mean, he's done some sort of vaguely contemporary jokes before that mm -hmm. have worked. Like, all the computer stuff with yeah. the druids was pretty funny, and that was, like, early computing humor. I guess that was more specific. This is pretty general, ha-ha, business is terrible. Well, it's all very specific catchphrases that everyone in about a five-year window remembers yeah. and then forgets again. And... Uh, just not great and it was long the sequence with the genie was really long yeah it was rough um i'm I just going through my list of wordplay <laughs> quote unquote <laughs> well like they offer some wine to creosote word pain yes that's that's more accurate. word suffering mm, no word pain's about right mm -hmm. um word work it's not play <laughs> it's work <laughs> Because I have to endure it. I should be paid for it. Um, now, there's a, there's a bit where the, the, the Seraph is clearly just an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And uh, they offer him some white wine. Ha ha, alcoholism. Yeah. And, he, well, ha ha, poet that needs to drink a lot was more it than actual alcoholism. But uh, he's, he offers him some wine. And he's, well, that's not my favorite kind of wine, but any port in a storm. I kind of liked any port in a storm. Of course you did. <laughs> and then at one point, the librarian's fixing up some of the books that, that got damaged mm -hmm. in the attack. And he performs an appendectomy because books have appendices. Mm -hmm. And he's an ape. Yeah. Oh, ape and... Oh, that's yeah. a double pun. Yeah, it's oh, pretty good. No, it's, it's not. Also, he's not an ape. <laughs> I should get paid double time for that. Yes, uh, he is an ape. It's, wait, he's... Wait. He's yeah, no, not he's, a monkey. That's what it is. He's not a monkey. Yes, he is an yeah. ape. He is not a monkey. Anyways, that was a, that one was pretty good. I didn't catch the double pun there, so that's, that's actually not too bad. Yeah. Um, And there was... Oh, there... So there were some bits with the four horsemen, mm -hmm. like Death hanging out with his friends, which felt like a proto version of what was in Good Omens, mm -hmm. only not as good. I know you're not a big fan of Good Omens, but yes, yes, yes. Most people like it. Let's not alienate I, our listeners. I tried so hard. I wanted to like Good Omens. I really did. I read it like three times thinking, I just need to, I just need to read this in the right frame of mind. Maybe I was too young or too You just don't like it. That's fine. That. I try and I, I just don't. 
I the thing is, I would it ranking Terry Pratchett books. I would put it above this. Oh yeah. But I would put it way below ninety percent of the Discworld books. I just think he can do better, and I think Neil Gaiman can do better. I think. I think it's that fine. Terry Pratchett can do better than Neil Gaiman. <laughs> I also think that, but that's a matter of preference. But I think that's not either of their best work. It's very accessible. And a lot of people like it just because it is kind of broad and kind of easy, low-hanging fruit. There's some good jokes and some good character work in it. Well, the point that I'm getting yeah. to is there's some good stuff with the Four Horsemen yeah. sort of bickering and, and picking apart the concept of the apocalypse mm-hmm. and all that stuff that's done much better in that book than here, which is kind of like, this isn't funny. And it, yeah, it feels very first drafty mm-hmm. and it doesn't really feel like it has any place in this book. This no. feels like another thing that was Frankensteined onto this. Yeah. Like where it's like, well, I wanted to put some four horsemen stuff in another thing and it didn't fit. So let's just well, lump the world's it into ending this. Again, so let's just lump it into this garbage sack. Also the world's ending again. Again. And, and the dungeon dimensions are encroaching again. Again. Like, it's the third time in five books. Yeah. Too many. Like, you got, you know, you're going to end up, and he didn't know this at the time, yeah. you're going to end up having um, like 40 or 50 books. Why not stretch it out a little? Like, bring them back way later. I like in a lot of the later books, the stakes are a lot smaller. Uh, like, where I what's prefer lo- smaller stakes. What's, but... going to ha- what's going to get affected is one little town or. Um, it's going something's going to happen to a character that they don't like. Yeah, like there's my, a few big ones with big stakes, but a lot of them are not. My favorite ones generally just challenge something about the protagonist mm-hmm. who is usually unflappable, meaning Vimes or Granny. Mm-hmm. But there's there's some other things as well. Um but then we have the ice giants who I didn't hate actually. That's a little different than the dungeon dimensions. I liked that the giants rode around on ice like on um icebergs on on like glaciers yeah and that was that was all right yeah yeah well isn't an iceberg just a glacier in the ocean i genuinely have no idea i have no idea either and probably someone's yelling at me right now geology sure uh but there was a passage that i did like yep um and uh these guys were written with a i would guess either russian or scandinavian Mm -hmm. accent their w's are v's so i will read it as written uh, they will suffer in the cause of progress. Now is the time we reclaim the world, rumbled the giant. Whole world of ice, according to according to inevitability of history and triumph of thermodynamics. Yeah, that was pretty good. Anytime he mixes in those like nerd science mm-hmm. jokes, I like. And yeah, the world's getting colder because that's entropy. Yeah. I like that. That was all right. There were a couple of good bits like that. There was a bit where they're inside the lamp with the genie. Yes. And they're riding on a carpet that yes. holds the lamp that is also inside the lamp. And it's like they're riding in a fractal version of reality. And that'll go fine until someone realizes what they're doing. And then it'll all fall apart. Yeah, don't think about it too hard or reality will figure it out. And that's a very Discworld thing. Yeah. Whereas this is impossible. But as long as you don't <laughs> think about it. Yeah, believe it. Just believe it. That's that's come up already. It's very good. Um, so yeah, there's, there's some things to like, I guess. There's a couple of things, but it, what you get is not worth. No, absolutely not. What you, you put a lot in and get a little bit back. Yeah. It's like cat training, training yeah. a cat. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, the, the, the thing I was going to bring up when I talked yeah. about Vetinari that they have established, he has established, they, they again, uh, the as, writer's room. as we do account of all of Terry Pratchett's cliches you guys should do a count of every time we refer to the author as they yep because do like a little drinking game and you will get plastered and i'm down to you like uh, to be clear 
using they as a pronoun. Oh, no, 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 no. A plus A1. No, I'm okay. I'm down with the singular they. It's not that. It's that this person identified as male and is a single person and should we're, be referred to as we're, we're identifying Terry Pratchett as a writer's room because his writing is so good. It seems like it's impossible that one person came up with all these ideas, except this book. This is very clearly one person came and, up with these ideas. And you and I often discuss TV shows and I have another podcast where I discuss TV shows, like things that are written yeah. by many people. I'm just used to saying they. Um, but there is some establishing of the way Vetinari does things mm-hmm. uh, in that... Uh, there's a there's a whole passage about how power in Ankh-Morpork has little to do with power and much more to do with the ability to administrate. Right. Which is why Vetinari doesn't question that the wizards have power. He just questions that they have the ability to actually run things in a, in a like practical way. And we'll get a lot better telling of this later. Yes. Uh, you get it later on. People don't want to assassinate Vetinari and take over because he does such a good job keeping things running fairly smoothly, smoothly enough. Yeah. He, everyone hates him, but everyone also can live with him. Yeah. And One day is very much like the next. Yeah, which is exactly what you want from yeah. a leader. Uh, at the ground level, anyway. The, um, the other thing they introduce about Vetinari that, uh, again, it's it's explored better in later books, is that he's got a little dog named Waffles. I forgot about Waffles. And Waffles is the only thing that Vetinari cares about in the mm-hmm. world. I, I like completely that. forgot that, because the dog, I mean, spoilers, I guess, doesn't make it through all the books. Yeah. Because these take a, over a long period of time. Yeah. Um, and I, I had just forgotten about Breaks that. his little heart. Mm-hmm. So good. He doesn't have a heart. He does. It broke. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I talked about my good and bad things. Uh, I think this might be a shorter episode than Yeah, there's than, not a whole lot to talk than, about. Unusual. Not a lot of meat in this gym, Matt. Um, there was a, there was a good bit about, uh, inspiration particles that mm-hmm. I liked. That comes up again, again, yeah. later in bed. Oh, doesn't that come up in the, in the context of Leonard of Quorum? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah. Um, the idea being that uh, inspiration travels as like subatomic particles that are just tiny, tiny little things that can strike like randomly. Mm-hmm. You never get the idea that you want and often you get an idea you can't even use and there's some fun some ideas Some good there. stuff about how like figuring out how to have like a uh, perpetual motion machine occurred to an ant right. that didn't know what to do with that. Right. Stuff like that. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Um, I've got my quote. Okay, what do you got? Um, so, Spelter comes in, uh, and Coin is doing some magic, and this sequence happened. It floated in a puddle of black night, somehow set into the floor itself, and Spelter knew with a terrible certainty that it was the world, not some simple uh, projection. And I just like that. That was just a nice... I never get sick of Terry Pratchett describing the disc, mm-hmm. and this was just... This magic which was so small and so complicated. And mm-hmm. it, it really, that was just one that really sort of snapped me up. That's fair. One of the few times where I was really engaged mm-hmm. in the prose. I uh, I picked kind of a, not exactly a pun, but definitely mm-hmm. sort of a, a, a play on words a bit, which is, um, it's just a symbol, said Carding. It's nothing special. If he wants it, he can have it. It's a small enough thing, just a symbol, nothing more. A figure hat. I like that too. Like that's the MacGuffin of the story yeah. is the hat of the Arch Chancellor, and it's oh a... right, it's magic and it talks and yeah, shit. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Completely forgettable character, also. Yeah. And that could have been like there could have been so many interesting characters mm-hmm. in this. Like the hat could have been interesting. The the Seraph could have been interesting. Mm-hmm. All of and there's nobody was. Oh, we, there's a vizier 
that yeah, the, the hat takes the hat over takes that over I that forgot about seen. until right yeah. now when you were talking. A good scheming I, I Grand Vizier character. I finished this book yesterday. Oh, I finished it this morning and half I'm of it's leaked out of my I'm already forgetting ears. about it. Yeah. No, it's it's not real easy to hold on to things because mm-hmm. it's not that interesting. Um, So the uh, pune or play on words of the book. Mm-hmm. This this was actually, we both agreed this was a pretty good one. Uh, this was This was happening uh, when the library was being attacked. Uh, It says, he lit a match, the darkness blossomed into a ball of sulfurous white light, and the librarian dropped on him like the descent of man. That was pretty good. I like all the orangutan, like an an ape, like adjacent Mm -hmm. uh, uh, language and stuff. Once again, in this, uh, Coin offers to turn the librarian back into a human, and he's like, absolutely not. Nope, I'm good. And that's a a runner that I enjoy, where he's not into it. Just yep. let me keep doing what I'm doing. This is great. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, is that all? I um, feel like that's all. That's pretty much uh, the one other thing I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, was near the beginning of the book. Uh, coin is shown a piece of magic that is. Um, they bring up like a an alternate world that's like a garden. Mm-hmm. And they don't do the, the wizards don't do a necessarily great job of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh yeah, he comes in and says, "Show me your most powerful magic." Yeah, and the 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 power with it isn't like that. It's some huge giant thing. It's that it's small and delicate and detailed. And uh-huh. I I like that. Like a true a a true artist can do something small and subtle and beautiful. It doesn't need to be a huge fucking mural. So mm-hmm. I like that. And then at the end of the book. Coin realizes that he's too powerful. He can't be in this world because everything he touches, he ruins. Mm-hmm. So he makes himself a garden and goes into it. And the oh, the, I didn't even realize that was a callback. Yeah, and the and it's uh, Terry Pratchett says it's because that's how all sorcerers end up. They all come to mm-hmm. this realization and sort of uh, cut themselves out. This is a place to be born, the disc, but it's not a place to stay. Right. And I kind of like that too. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. No, there were a couple of stray ideas, but honestly, this doesn't seem worth writing a book about. It does not. And Whereas it, there's a couple others where it's like, you could make a better book out of this if you tried harder, but yeah. this is just nothing. No, this feels like it could be like a B or a C story in a different book. Yeah, I suppose so. Even if that. Mm-hmm. I guess so. So what uh, what grade did you give it? Uh, like a D or a D minus? I give it a D plus just because I can't give Terry Pratchett, like, I give him a little something. This book too... does not pass. Mm. This book has to repeat this book. No, this book just barely escaped summer school. Nope, this book is going straight to summer school. Nope. Think about what you did, try harder book. Well, I mean, it's too late. <laughs> oh. He's gone. Oh. He did try harder, though. He did, and he got it right most of the time. Yeah. Also, we were looking ahead, and the next couple are pretty good, and then mm-hmm. after that, we're on a really good streak. Like, to those of you saying, okay, but when's it get good? It's real soon. Yeah. Oh, it's... we're going to do Small Gods and Witches Abroad. Small Gods and Witches Abroad. Yeah, also <laughs> some ones that I like. So, you know, <laughs> that'll be exciting. You do a dance now. I'm not going to do a dance. Do a Guards Guards dance. I don't do dances. That's not my deal. That is not my jam. Um... So the final cliche count, uh, we did get a surreptitious in this, mm-hmm. so that started. Uh, we got two sussurations. Yep. Uh, gingerly. God, there was so many. There were two different occasions where it came up in the same paragraph, like in subsequent sentences. Ten times. Like, 
I have, I definitely have some words that I lean on if I'm writing stuff. And one of the things I do is I know a list of those words and I do a word count before I push it out into the world. Yeah. Because if I said this or that, I only get to say it once. If if I'm going for a repetition effect, or if it's been a while, yeah. like there's there's ways. But no, there were a couple of them in subsequent sentences, like I yeah. said, and ten times throughout the book. That one's definitely a crutch. I don't know that I've made a good mm-hmm. good case for the others yet. We're gonna get there. We are gonna get there. But gingerly for I absolutely think gingerly sure. is less later on. I don't think that we're we're quite as nope. gingerly later on. I disagree because Oof. I noticed it in one of the later Tiffany Yagen mm. books. I'm pretty sure it's a thing he always does forever. Uh, but we'll we'll look forward to that. Uh, so next time we will be doing the first uh, book about the witches, uh, the proper witch coven, mm-hmm. which includes Granny Weatherax, whom we've met, uh, another awesome character and another okay character, but yeah. the 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 standard trio of witches like you have the 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 maiden, the mother, and the other one. Mm-hmm. So that'll be exciting. It's okay. It's not the best of those, but it's the first of those, yeah. and it's like, oh yeah, Granny, if she has like a foil. Is even better. Give her someone who's kind of wacky and suddenly all of her best features come into sharp contrast. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what's good about it. Yeah, there's some some things that could get better. But pairing her up with the character she gets paired up with is so good. That just makes it so good. When you say that Nari is the best supporting character, I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm. But ooh, what about this one? No, I'd Mm. put I'd put Vetinari above Naniog because Vetinari mm. props up. Vimes mm-hmm. and Moist Von Lipfig yes. and uh, William DeWord. Like, he's part of so many people's, whereas Nanny Og is pretty much the the hardy to, to... And Tiffany. To um, uh, the Granny's Laurel. Yeah. You know, like, she, that's... Like, she's there for her. That's but, basically it. Oh, it's a hard choice. I love Nanny Og so oh, much. Oh, she's great. And yeah. and next month, you will, you will hear why. Uh, and hopefully, we won't be visiting depths this, this deep again. There's so. one or two other real stinkers, but I don't know if it's. I but think... they have some passages that I like, whereas yeah. in here I was I really struggled. Yeah. Uh, so April fifteenth, come back and we will have the next one for you. Hooray! So that's all for this time. This has been a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions and Giant Black Albatross. Copyright twenty nineteen. For full archives, RSS feed, and more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcasts.com. dot